Bob Howdy and welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, Ernest Extra number 14, Even More Ernest Goes to Africa. I'm Aaron, this is David. Hello, listeners. And we are back with even more discussion about Ernest's exotic... His world travels. His, his world, world travels. travels. Boom! <laughs> Love it. We have a lot. Yes. First of all, your giant discovery. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So I have a thing that is a, a discovery. You know, as we go forward with this podcast, you obviously take charge on a lot of the, uh, let's say, research, sure. the research department you here at the call it that. at the Ernest Goes to Podcast headquarters. And uh, I'm always excited when I find things that you haven't seen. <laughs> uh, apparently, our beloved Linda Cash of the, of the, the Linda Cash trilogy, the famous Linda Cash trilogy, uh, was also an ad pitch woman. For what product, you ask, listeners? What product, Dave? Philadelphia cream cheese. Heavens, I've been on my wings all day. Time for today's little indulgence, Philly. 60% less fat than butter or margarine, and it tastes like paradise. Dairy, you say? Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Oh, wow. All right. It's so, I I saw these. I saw these oh, when I was a kid. I definitely remember I had, these airing. It never occurred to me that Linda Cash <laughs> of the Ernest Linda Cash trilogy was the Philly angel from the Philadelphia cream cheese commercials where an angel talks about Philadelphia cream cheese. Ta-da! This is Albert. My manservant. Mm. Now you have more time for me. Mm. And my Philly. No, I, I very distinctly remember watching Whose Line Is It Anyway in like the, the mid to late 90s and seeing her in the commercials. I remember those commercials. Yeah. I do. And she was adorable. She's very adorable. Her hair game is on point. She has like the curliest of curls. So Linda Cash, also a pitch woman. Also doing dairy products. Also talking to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how... How much more meant to be can Ernest and Renee be? Yeah. It further delights me and further angers me that they did not get together at the end of this movie. Sure, absolutely. So Ernest and his other half, Renee. His destined soul partner. Are both played by actors who talk to the camera and pitch products with great appeal, let's say, and charisma. Absolutely, yeah. The perfect pairing for the Ernest romantic comedy slash <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. Yes. I need that fanfic. And <laughs> wait, what would would the fan fiction be like? Ernest meets the Philadelphia but, cream no, yes, cheese now, angel. But then now there are two fanfics in my head that somebody please needs to write. Okay, there's the fanfic in which Ad Ernest meets the Philly cheese angel. Like Philly cheese angel. No, this is great. Philly cheese angel actually wants to be a human. So like tries out her human, like sort of like Wings of Desire. Oh, this is fascinating. That art film, yep. Wings of Desire, yep. right? Which you may know as the apparently subpar oh, the, um, yeah, uh, City of Angels. Yeah, the American adaptation City of Angels. Cage. Okay, so yes, the Philly, the Philly cream cheese angel wants to see what it's like to be human. She goes to Earth, meets Ad Ernest, who also pitches dairy products, and they fall in love. That sounds incredible. And then she incredible. is torn between <laughs> Ernest and Heaven. <laughs> Someone please oh. write this fan fiction. Erin, oh you need to write this. <laughs> no, I guess. Maybe I will. I feel like there oh, are better, fan, but I mean, maybe if this is my calling, I, I, then. Yes. So wait, so what's the other fan fiction that's in Oh, your that's head? the one where Renee finally wises up and ditches that loser Todd Lafsky or whatever his name is. Oh, Todd Lafsky, yeah. And realizes that Ernest is obviously the man she should be with, her other half, her dynamic other half. Sure. They make a dynamic duo together. They do Todd indeed. Todd Lafsky? Come on. 
Just mouth mouth his name in disdain. Yeah. That needs to happen. Two fans. Now see, when you said Ernest and the Philadelphia cream cheese angel meet, what I immediately thought of was like some sort of bogus journey. <laughs> Where Ernest ends up like in a very Bill and Ted kind of scenario and he just goes to heaven and meets meets the Philadelphia cream cheese angel there and like needs her help for some sort of dairy related emergency. (laughs) But then they fall in love, right? Yeah. No. Was that that Uh, not clear? uh, Given. Yeah. All right. Okay. I like both. Sure. I think there's. I mean, both of them sort of uh, play on classic films. Yours, Wings of Desire, mine, uh, the Bill and Ted franchise. mine speaks more to the human experience. Right. Mine speaks more to San Dimas (laughs) High School football rules. And you know what we didn't discuss, which you brought up, which yes. is just another thing about how Renee is Ernest. Remember when Ernest is like, he guzzles that calamine lotion Ugh, yes, because I, he ate poison ivy? I tried to forget that scene, but I do now remember <laughs> so it. It's like dribbling down his face <laughs> and Renee is looking at him and then she wipes her own mouth. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. she, it's weird. Like she's mirroring him. Like she feels like it's on her mouth. I that resonates with me as an audience member because I get that way when I'm watching films. If someone like gets their like arm sliced, I'll like instinctively grab my arm in like that place. Hmm. I don't know if that's just me, but that's it's that's a reaction I have to film watching. That might be I don't know. <laughs> it could be a romantic thing. People attracted to each other start mirroring each other. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Or or like or when they've lived together, they've for a made long a time. connection and yeah. they sort of have those same. Uh, she feels his pain and vice versa. She is earnest. She is. She's <laughs> the you know the yin to Ernest Yang. I don't even think that. That's like opposing forces that oh, keep right. everything. We, we in actually said that about Ernest and Vern. If no, I recall, no, I don't think they're that. I think they're yeah. the two halves of a whole. It's beautiful. Did we already make the double dragon uh, reference? Yeah, they're like okay, double yeah. dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like, but romantic. So. <laughs> So, yeah, those fanfics need to happen. We have to talk about, we will be talking on this extra about Ernest as a sexual being. But we're going to, let's table that for now when we get into all these other little bits that we overlooked from Africa. Yes. Can we do them like rapid fire? What are some of the bits? Bits, bits. Um, How about the continued abuse of Bazoo? Yeah, that... I, we didn't mention it, but like Bazoo takes a beating in this movie from Thompson. Yeah, he, he kind of can't catch a break from his boss. There's a scene after like Bazoo gets fooled by Auntie Nelda because who wouldn't? It works every time. He's lying unconscious on the ground and then like Thompson comes in and wakes him up by like kicking him really hard in the stomach. And I was like, oh, like I felt that one. Yeah. Bazoo. Well, Thompson is, is violent. Su- super violent to like more than just Bazoo. I mean, I think of like him kicking like. He as, kicks Ernest when yeah, he when he's. he's when he's hey you. you, yeah. But then also when Bazoo doesn't want to go into the, the Sinkatutu land. Right, the Forbidden Zone. Thompson calls him a coward and then like just shoves his hand in Bazoo's face and like shoves him down. I mean- Bazoo is huge by the way. Like Thompson yeah. is smaller than Bazoo. No, Bazoo could totally Bazoo, take him. Yeah, but Bazoo doesn't. It's that kind of thing where it's like um, almost like personality types don't yeah. match the body types. Yeah, yeah. Bazoo has to be somebody's lackey for some reason. Right, he's he's sort of, he's almost like kind of, um, who's the dude from uh, Ernest? goes to jail uh, Lyle Lyle yeah, yeah he's kind of like I think Bazoo is smarter he is <laughs> I think Bazoo is too smart for Thompson I think Bazoo is smart until the Auntie Nelda thing happens and then no, some- no, no 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 and then something happens to his brain where he has like <laughs> kind of like a psychological breakdown maybe <laughs> I don't know what's reality anymore. What else we got? Well, well, we well we know now that this movie is a hundred percent Africa, which I thought it was. Oh yeah, how did we know that? Josh Mindtree pointed out that it's said in John Terry's book. I went oh. back and looked, 
And yeah, basically they found an African production house to work with, a South African production house. Cool. So then that's why they made two movies, Ernest Goes to Africa and Ernest in the Army in Africa. Oh, interesting. So it is exactly what you said. They went to Africa and then made a movie. Like right. they didn't need to go to Africa to make the movie. They made a movie around the fact that, that it would be convenient Africa. to shoot in Africa. Yeah. Hey, why not? What it really entertained me was all the locations that were supposed to be America. Mm. Like the Waffle House, which I think is the Wana Waffle. Yeah, I'm 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 still on We were team supposed Wana to check Waffle. and we didn't. Yeah. It's it's really <laughs> tough to see because it's always like a sign in the background or like someone's apron. It's the it's or on a her menu. apron. I think it's the Wana Waffle, but the Wana Waffle is most definitely Africa. There's no American waffle place that looks like that. Yes, you're correct on that. And given like the sort of uh naming convention of the Ernest universe. Mm. I feel like Wana Waffle is, I wouldn't call it punny necessarily. Well, it's, but alliter- it's, alliter- it's, it's kind alliterative. Like a, yeah. It's got alliteration. But there's a poetry to it yes. that I think is, is fun and sort of uh, folksy. I also enjoyed like all the dubbing to make things America. Like, oh, yes. Because Ernest is at the flea market and like there's some obvious ADR where like <laughs> people are just being super American. Like there's a lady that you just hear go, don't mess with me, boy. Like, <laughs> seriously. Hey, watch it. Hey, what's your It's just Granny from like yeah, Tweety Bird cartoons. Uh, I don't even know what she's referring to. <laughs> what? Just the chatter. Just be American. Like just Hamburgers, be Southern. Hot dogs, baseball, apple pie. What else is? What <laughs> oh, else? Oh, wasn't is wasn't the salmon good? Oh, I really enjoyed <laughs> I, that salmon. Salmon's delicious. delicious. Yeah. Ernest Dubbing will never fail to abuse. <laughs> oh, can we talk about the music yeah, in this movie? Absolutely. The music in this movie was so on the nose, hilariously yeah. on the nose. Yeah. I don't even try to be mean. I just like, I have to point it out because it was so noticeable. No, I mean, you know, if we continue with our every Ernest film is a different genre thing. Mm. I don't know if this is necessarily a genre, but this is the Africa movie. I don't think it's about the genre. I mean, it's definitely on the nose in the sense that they play African music right. when you see Africa. Right. But it's also extremely on the nose in that there's like banjo music going in the flea market scene and when Ernest is building the yo-yo, like there's a southern guy on screen. Huh. We need banjo music. Interesting. Like everything exactly matches the screen rather than providing its, its own subtext. It's just like exactly what it should be. Interesting. Like Bruce Armson is more like, you know, he can be a little bit subversive. It's like, He's yeah, like, we're in a bank. Why don't we play like goofy Calypso music? Music. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Yeah, like, I get you. Bruce Arnson is like, I would say, creative with his decisions and his genre choices. Right. And so I really missed him and his decisions in this movie. Sure. Especially. Sure. And by the way, when we were watching the harem scene, yes. I-, I was watching the harem scene where it was already like, it was confusing because it was like sort of an Indian harem or possibly a Turkish harem. The, yeah. But the, in Africa. The nationalities are dicey. And I was watching the scene and someone comes in and says, why are they playing Spanish music? Oh, wait. <laughs> what? Karim, you old dog. You never told me about this new member of our flock. Now that I listen to it, like, yes, it is Spanish music from like, Spain. From Spain. <laughs> huh. I don't know why. Let's let's be clear. Uh, Prince Kazim is a world traveler. Yeah. Um, he's obviously from somewhere Middle Eastern. 
or Indian and is in Africa. Okay, Spain is in Europe. So maybe he just appreciates the world music section at the he's also a the world record traveler. the record store where Ernest learned to speak uh, fourteen Zulu dialects. Okay, ten of which don't exist. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay, the very same. I wanted to give a shout out to the Curse of Hitler's Brain reference. You were just like that really handsome guy from those adventure movies, Illinois Smith. Yeah. Like Illinois Smith and the Curse of Hitler's Brain. Just like the fake Illinois Smith movie that Ernest and Renee discuss. Now, what is that a reference to? The Curse of Hitler's Brain is something I've heard Jim Varney say in interviews. Like, it's like the joke title of like the next oh, Ernest like movie they would make. Space commies or whatever. Yeah, they were the like, oh, thing? we'll make Ernest in the Curse of Hitler's Brain. Or I think it was just like a joke <laughs> around the Ernest Brain Trust. Like, the Curse of Hitler's Brain would be the, a the good curse title. Curse of Ernest's Brain Trust. Or, you know, Dr. Otto. You know, I feel like it's a possible title they threw around for something they would have made it's it's if allowed it it has that earnest brain trust vibe of being very like kludged together in like a jokey way yeah and we've endlessly compared this movie to indiana jones because it is overtly pulling from those tropes but like obviously the people who work on these films have like a love for like that kind of pulpy oh yeah mid-century film Mm -hmm. style so that title like you know temple of doom the last crusade raiders of the lost ark like it's it's got that same kind of cadence to it i like it i really like it i mean that's what star wars was born out of. oh absolutely like the source material has the empire strikes back has inspired some amazing things definitely i love that sensibility it's really fun it does seem like people have fun making these films and that when that comes across in the final product it's always like a satisfying thing what else have i got on my list uh windows text phone oh man (laughs) uh can i talk about the windows text phone that's your thing yes please okay so there is a scene you know i can't even fully remember the context of this it was like kazim's men the the two matrix agents the two matrix kazim's men are spying on ernest and renee and they send prince kazim a text message with windows text phone but it's on a laptop they're using the late 90s version of internet like instant messaging like that's the idea right yeah it's like a chat yeah. However, from a <laughs> from a filmmaking perspective, what they are actually using is a Microsoft Word document that has the sort of layout of this text message software uh, software GUI laid out in it as like a table with like a bunch of colored in like spaces. Like if it had been cropped closer, it would have just said Windows text phone, which is hilarious in itself. Yes. But it's not cropped. So you can actually see that it's inside a Word document. Yes, you can see the Microsoft Word title bar. (laughs) What what is the message they send to him? I don't even know. It's something like... Okay, so they're actually sending... I found my notes on this. They're actually sending an instant message over, quote, internet text phone. Right, okay. And text phone is all one word. And yeah, you can see the Microsoft Word title bar and the the text in the text message says, the eyes of a goalie have returned to the white leopard. Right. And then Dan... Dan pointed out to which Kazim responds, open parentheses. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's just an open parentheses. And then parentheses. Uh, two, two folks at Kazim's palace uh, receive that message and look concerned. Right. Scene. Uh, internet text phone, right. That's, we still use it to this day. It's... I have that app on yeah. my text phone. <laughs> I mean, that is a little prescient, I suppose. There, It's called a text phone. As you said, like if they had just cropped the, the yeah. image a little further, it would have been very forward thinking. <laughs> there was an attempt. There was an attempt. So, uh, yes, coming to the, the final point yes. I wanted to make about this film and the big point, the big discussion. Here we go. Of Ernest as a sexual being in this movie. Sure. I think there has been an increase. It's been happening, I think, slowly. 
Ernest's love interests, like when you start out with Ernest Goes to Camp, his love interests are only not quite love interests. Correct. Right. And then at some point they become straight up love interests. Mm, yep. First time that Ernest expresses interest in a woman is jail, right? Yeah. Then we get the first sign of reciprocation. Sure. Ernest goes to school where she seems to be into Ernest also and he has a pretty vivid, though completely innocent fantasy. There are bubbles. Then we get Irma. <laughs> Yes. Who is very maybe starting to bring more sexuality to the Ernest universe. To be fair, she is a minion of Satan, but, <laughs> but you're correct. But she's not necessarily doomed. Correct, also. And then you've got Renee, his other half. But the, at this point, now Ernest is starting to say vaguely sexual things. Mm. I feel like it's been a gradual, gradual increase. Because in this movie, after the harem scene where Ernest and Renee escape, and Renee is telling him she's really proud of him because it was brave of him to break into that harem. Right. And he says, That was really brave, you sneaking into that harem. Oh, it was nothing really. It was, it was just a big room full of half-dressed women. <laughs> It's not gross at all. No. He says it very offhandedly and, and it's sort of charming. Yeah. Like he still manages to sound- A red-blooded male American. I... Yeah, but like he says it so casually and kind of innocently that it's not gross like Fritz Kazib. <laughs> we have a frisky one here. <sighs> no, certainly not. It's just certainly a, not. It's more like a wink-wink. Yeah. Well, and it's almost offhand in that way that many Ernest jokes are. Yeah, but it's the first time I can think of Ernest like expressing interest in sure. half-dressed women. So it's like he's gradually- He's, he's coming into his adolescence as a film yeah. character. <laughs> Becoming interested in girls. Oh, Ernest. Yes, baby. We can't do this. Yes, we can. Is this go with Ernest Goes to Africa being, I would say, less of a kid's movie? I mean, there's no kids in it. Sure. Also, they talk about, you know, Ernest's... Uh, uh, um, infancy surgical procedures, yeah, that kind of that, a thing. that, and then the, talk about giving him a booster. Yeah, which is not a thing. And fertility rights. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you're I think you're spot on. I think there's there's two things that that makes me think of. One is that obviously Ernest not only started as a character in kids movies with yep. kids, but uh under the Disney label. Right. And that's that's a thing where like you sort of want to avoid um <laughs> sexualizing in an overt way. Like there can be romance yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. certain character types, but I don't think Ernest fit into that for no, people who would have all. worked at Disney in that era. And then the second thing I was going to say is, speaking of era, that sort of humor feels very much like a sign of the times to me and a, a type of humor that became more prevalent at the end of the 90s in terms of what informed sort of mass market appeal comedy in America. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like so it's maybe a combination of those two things and the things that you've brought up in terms of his development over the course of however many films we're at now. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think this was like the protective shell that existed around that side of Ernest is thinner. Sure. That's gotten more lax. Although, you know, now that I think about it, what? <laughs> Ernest Goes to Camp Ernest did have a poster of a uh, woman in a bikini oh, with no, power no, tools. Oh, no, he had the Hot Bikini Babe Power yeah. Tools uh, calendar yeah. he had. And that was like our only hint. That was the... <laughs> <laughs> but it was discreet, like it was just there in the background. It but no, I do remember that very much. The visual version. I think of he's. That it's always been type. there, but right. we're seeing it. Sure, sure. You know more now. Like he seems more and more like I just want a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's almost. It gets like sadder the older well, Ernest yeah, gets. He, he, there's like a, a, a. I almost want to say like desperate. There's a loneliness to, to him. Yeah. That's why sad. the end of this movie is so infuriating. <laughs> why couldn't they get together? Yeah. No reason. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Well said. <laughs>
And that's that. I'm fascinated by his development. And it's also interesting in this movie to see, like, we're sort of winding down. Yeah. We're kind of witnessing, I think, over these nine movies. Yep. The shelf life of a phenomenon, as you put it at some point. Oh, man, I'm I'm pretty eloquent. Yeah, I think that was your words to describe, like, watching Ernest's journey. The arc of a, a film yeah. icon. It's naturally sort of slowing to a stop. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that we have one Ernest film left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sigh. And that is the last movie featuring Ernest that we have to discuss. Ernest in the Army. Ernest coming up next. in the Army. Yeah. It got real somber in here. I know. So yeah, next next we'll be uh we'll be joining the army. We'll be joining Ernest in the Army. <laughs> oh man, I'm very very sad. I know, but as as is the way of things, we have to uh All good eventually. Things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's come to an end. Yep. To everything there is a season. <laughs> this all sounds very familiar. So I'll extend a big Thank you to everyone who's joined us this far yep. on this Ernest journey. And I look forward to discussing Ernest's last feature film outing with you. Likewise, and perhaps appropriately, uh, listeners, you can't see it, but Aaron just did kind of like a salute to you all at home and out there in the land of podcast I podcasts salute all land. our listeners. Yeah. And we will see you next time. Yes. And we'll try not to cry. <laughs> Till then. Take care, listeners. Viva Lavarni. <laughs>